You're live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Brar. You've been away a lot. Uh, well, yes. It's been wedding season, so I've been going to like back-to-back weddings of all my friends. I'm in that age group where everyone I know is getting married. Yeah. There's no one getting married in my age group. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting invited to any weddings. We've got a, a great show for you today. Uh, of course, we'll be going open line later in the program. Uh, we'll also be talking with uh, the folks that are organizing a, uh, a coding camp or an app camp for girls. Yes. I think this is really cool. So you'll want to stay tuned if you want to find out more information about that ha- happening here in uh, Vancouver. Uh, other cities as well, like Seattle and uh, Portland. We'll also be talking with our uh, good friend, Daniel Bader. He's the uh, senior editor of Mobile Nations about the best streaming music services in Canada. More and more people are going to streaming music now. Uh, not as many people, obviously, are buying CDs anymore. Uh, and even digital downloads, that's uh, going to be dying off in the next few years. So streaming is the future. And what are the best ones in Canada? Well, there's a lot of options out there, Mike, free and paid versions. So it's going to be an interesting discussion to talk to Dan to see uh, which ones he thinks he likes, the pros and cons of each one of these streaming services. And you know what's going to be interesting? I'm going I'm to ask him this here. Who's going to be around at the end of the day? We've seen so many... Uh, streaming services fall by the wayside now. I used to use RDO all the time. Yep. Dead. Gone. Gone. Yeah. Uh, I was using Songza. I loved Songza. Um, gone. Not dead because Google bought it, them. It, it morphed into Google yeah, Music. But yeah, but now where is it? I don't care anymore. <laughs> right? Anyway, we'll, uh, we'll be uh, talking about uh, what music streaming service might be right for you. Lots of interesting stuff in the news this week, uh, Andy. Um, and this keeps coming up again and again. Uh, another... Uh, bunch of rumors uh, about Apple and uh, cars. Uh, this one here revolves around charging stations. Uh, Apple, uh, over the past couple of years, has been hiring all sorts of car people mm-hmm. for some sort of secret project uh, down in uh, California. And uh, now uh, they've been hiring people that are specializing in charging stations for electric vehicles. Well, previously, there's been a lot of talk that Apple wants to get into like that same game that Tesla is in and try to make these electric self-driving cars. But this is bigger news because it kind of makes sense when you think about it. If you're going to have all these electrical cars out there, you're going to need charging stations. This is a a, a new market, and Apple, with a mature, um, basically, market of the iPhone, which is their bread and butter, need to find different ways to make revenue. And if they can go and take that, that culture that they have of innovation and take that into the charging stations for electric vehicles they could find a different revenue stream. So it makes a lot of sense to me why they would go that route. But cars, you think they're going to get into cars? That is, that is a pretty big leap from phones you to know, cars. You know what's been happening is they're poaching a lot of the Tesla engineers. Yeah. And so somebody asked Elon Musk, the, the founder of Tesla, what he thought about that. He's like, we didn't even want them anyways. They could have them. We have, <laughs> the guys that we have are even better. Right? They didn't make the cut. I love, I love the egos happening in, oh, uh, in absolutely. the tech world. It's, um, uh, it's interesting. But he doesn't think that. He goes, if, they, if Apple was going to come out with a car, they wouldn't be able to get ready until about 2020. But the electrical charging stations, that, that's a, um, you know, a good revenue stream. The question is... And this but is, is it a revenue stream? Because like, it's not going to be that expensive to get electricity. Well... There, you need these t- stations all around. Think about gas stations. There's yeah. gas stations everywhere. Well, that's the problem right now. If we're going to go to this electric car model in the future, yeah. I mean, yes, you're going to charge it at home, but you know, you're going to have to charge it when you're on the go as well. And, and what we're seeing is a catch-22 uh, situation here where you have landowners who could potentially want to make a charging station, but there's not enough not uh, electrical vehicles out there. But consumers, 
they don't want to buy an electrical vehicle because there's no charging stations. So it's like, what's going to give here for that industry to kind of I know, but where will these develop? charging stations be? Yeah, Probably right beside gas stations. It makes sense to me. If I, yeah, but what's the model? Like, land is expensive. It, it is very expensive. Right? So, um, you know, unlike gasoline, electricity is cheap compared to, if, like, filling up with gasoline. If you're like Shell, wouldn't yeah. you want to get into this industry? Yeah, it, but you're not going to make any money. Like, it's pennies it's per... It's the future, though, I Mike. know, but it's pennies per kilometer as opposed to, like, dollars, you know, as far as gas is concerned, right? The one thing that's preventing a lot of people from buying an electrical vehicle is also the range anxiety, yeah. where going from one station to the next, you don't know if you're going to be able to make it there. And a lot of people, that's one of the reasons why they stick to traditional cars because of that issue. So... More charging stations gives more options for consumers, and then we'll see more electrical vehicles on the road. So I heard an interesting thing this week from Elon Musk. Uh, he's the um, CEO of uh, Tesla. Uh, they're introducing the new Model 3 car, mm-hmm. uh, supposed to be delivering late 2017 into 2018. My gut tells me 2018, <laughs> just based on their previous uh, uh, deliveries. Uh, the Model 3 is supposed to be cheaper, 35000 US. You have to put down 1000 bucks. Uh, to reserve one, to even be able to buy one. Yep. Um, so this makes it more of a mass market car because their current models are the Model S. You know, by the time the dust clears, you're over $100,000. That's right. Which is a lot of freaking money, mm-hmm. right? Um, so the big thing they've been doing, they've been building these charging stations all over North America and the world for that matter. Um, and so if you have a Model S Tesla, you can go and charge up for free. From what I read, Elon Musk says the Model 3s won't be able to charge up for free. Oh really? Really? So that's where he's going to make his money. But how, I don't, I don't know how much money he can make charging them. Well, it depends. It depends on what the current rate of electricity is going to be at that time. Yeah. But it is going to make it more attractive to, the, I guess, the middle class that they can afford now an electrical vehicle. Yeah. It's going to take time for this to to kind of move forward. But everyone's there. What I'd like to see, and if Apple is going to get in this game, you know, what would be really cool: inductive ch- car charging. So you park in a parking spot, and then it just wirelessly charges your vehicle. Because, so you don't have to plug in a thing. Well, we have that technology right now for, yep. for cell phones, those smartphones. Are pretty, those are pretty big inductive chargers. It's called wireless QI, yeah. yeah. But that would be a big inductive charger. But wouldn't that be cool that you could go and park somewhere, and your vehicle gets charged automatically? That would be I've seen some technologies, uh, you know, they're trying uh, in highways of the future that they charge your car as you go wirelessly. How, how so? They're, build, I, they're building inductive charging into the actual oh. highway itself. That's crazy. It, it is crazy. It's, I'm sure that's not cheap. <laughs> no, it's going to cost a lot of money to, to kind of build that infrastructure, but it is the future. Let's look at another story here, Andy. Snapchat. Uh, if you're over the age of 22, you probably have no idea how to use this or use it. Uh, it's a messaging service that uh, basically deletes your messages after the receiver uh, gets them within yes. like 10 seconds. Uh, Snapchat has actually reportedly surpassed Twitter with 150 million daily users now compared to Twitter, which is about 136 million. Yeah, it just shows you. And Snapchat's been only around for like, what, four or five years. So it's amazing just how fast they have, have built this. All the young kids use it. I try. I try. I Did you? I try to use I have I signed a up for account, but then I forgot. I just don't. You know what the problem is? Is everything disappears. So the great thing about, about Instagram and Facebook and Twitter yeah. is that everything is archived, whatever you said. Yeah. This stuff just vanishes. So it's like it so never the, really happened. That's disturbing to you. Yeah. I want to <laughs> archive everything that I, I say and, and do because, um, you know, it's a good, it's kind of like a journal. 
a yes. new age journal. No, I, I agree. I mean, that's, I keep all my emails. I keep most of my, um, you know, text messages and stuff uh, just so that I can keep track of the most, the, the, the craziest, uh, I guess, fact is Snapchat gets 8 billion views a day. So you got 150 million active monthly users making 8 billion Snapchats. And they, they, that's a lot. It is. I know, a but lot. if you've if you've watched any teenager, you can see how that would quickly uh, add up. They almost have conversations on Snapchat. Like they'll send a little video, and then yeah. the next person will reply. And they have like a, a an actual measurement of how many times you've had conversations with people, almost gamifying it. So you want to keep those conversations in Snapchat. That is hilarious. It's a you know strange what? time. You and I, you and I, we got to get on Snapchat. I, we should. We should and try. then we'll um, we'll add all my uh, your my kids. kids. Yeah. I they, think they'll enjoy that. They will love that. I keep telling them I'm going to do that, and they're like, nope, nope. <laughs> they won't add you. No, I'll have no friends. You know what? We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about streaming music services in Canada. We have Daniel Bader uh, coming on the line. He's a senior editor over at Mobile Nations. Uh, if you've been thinking about getting into the whole streaming music side, uh, you know what does all the subscription prices mean? Which one's the best one? You'll want to stay tuned. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by... London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here in studio today. We've got uh, lots of stuff still to talk about uh, coming up later in the show. Uh, coding camp for girls. Teaching App girl, camp for girls. App yeah. camp. Teaching girls how to uh, make apps. Uh, if you've uh, got uh, a young uh, girl. Uh, I think it's something, for 13 and 14 year olds. Yeah. yeah. It's something you'll uh, want to stay tuned for. We'll give you some of the details uh, on that. We've got a, a guest on to talk about it. Uh, great prize this week, Andy. Yes, we have a fantastic prize. We're going to give away a printer. It's the Epson Expression EcoTank printer. This printer has this new EcoTank technology that allows you basically to never have to refill it for up to two years. It's the equivalent of 20 ink cartridges, and we're going to be giving one of these away today. All you got to do is go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com, and click on the contest page to enter and win the Epson Expression EcoTank printer. I actually bought one of these printers, Andy. It's amazing. This is the best thing I ever did. I hate going down, having to buy new cartridges all the time. And when you buy them, it's when your kids come to you Sunday night at yeah. 10, 10 o'clock. Hey, I got a project to print, and there's no ink in the printer. Or you can be someone who occasionally prints, and the ink has dried out. Yes. But with the Inco tank, it doesn't dry out. It's always it has ready tank. to go. It has like separate tanks for all the different colors. It's like a bladder of, of ink on it the side. It is amazing. You yeah. pay a little more up front for the printer, but you get ink like... Lots of ink, thousands and thousands of pages. You will never worry about your kids printing out all their color projects and photos. It is amazing. It does 4,000 black and white, 6,500 color prints. So it's pretty amazing. A printer can do that. Exactly. That is amazing. And we're giving one away. www.getconnectedmedia.com. We're going to jump on the line right now. We've got uh, Daniel Bader. How are you doing, Daniel? Hey, I'm great. How are you? Good. We brought you on because you're pretty smart, right? I think so. <laughs> we know so, Dan. <laughs> I, I wanted to talk about music streaming services. This is the way of the future. You know, in the past, we had the physical media, records, cassette tapes, CDs. Then we went to digital downloads. That's still kind of around now, but even that's kind of uh, uh, becoming less popular. And subscription services are all the rage. Typically, you'll pay roughly 10 bucks a month uh, for all you can eat. You have access for uh, millions of songs. How, how big is this becoming, Daniel? Well, last year was the first year that streaming actually overtook digital downloads for overall revenue uh, in the music industry, which is pretty astounding considering that it's only been around since about 2009, 2010 in earnest. And, you know, 
iTunes owned that space for years. You know, you, you'd go to the iTunes store, you'd spend 99 cents or $1.29 for a song, you know, 13, 14 bucks sometimes for an album. And uh, that was just, for some people, prohibitively expensive, especially since they weren't getting a physical CD in their hand. And uh, this streaming, you know, ecosystem has completely changed the way that people listen to music. I, I got to tell you, I love it. I just love having access to everything. Because, you know, in the past, you were limited to what songs you bought, yeah. essentially. Which, you know, if you're a music fan, that could be a lot of music. But still, there are millions of songs out there. You would never be able to amass that amount of music. So I've really found that it's kind of opened up my world as far as the different types of genres of music and songs that I've been able to listen to. Yeah, and, and I think the, the reality here is that most people don't download albums or listen to albums anymore from start to finish you know the album is, a, is something a guy like me really values i love getting you know hearing a, a, an artist's expression from beginning to end but increasingly people are listening to playlists and they don't want to spend a dollar every time they want to um you know curate a playlist and they, and they may not want to create these playlists themselves and increasingly services like spotify apple music uh you know deezer Google Play Music, uh, these are all services that give, that they employ hundreds of people whose job it is to create playlists. That's what their job is. They do these, they do this for a living and they create playlists based on uh, what they think people will listen to. And then an algorithm will determine based on your previous listening habits, which of those commend to you. And that's become my favorite way to listen to music. I don't really think about creating playlists anymore because, you know, Spotify creates one every week for me. It's called Discover Weekly, and it's amazing. It just creates this incredible playlist from old and new music alike, and I love it. I look forward to it every Monday. It's the best thing of my – it's one of the best parts of my week. Dan, let's get into the specifics about uh, music streaming options. I'm a Spotify user, paid user. Mike is on Apple Music. And, and I've got Spotify. Oh, you got Spotify too? Oh, I do. You know why? Because uh, my uh, telecom. Uh, That's how I got it too. Uh, I get it uh, free with my, well, it's not free, but I get it in my package. But I also subscribe to Apple Music, the family plan. So we've got Spotify, <clears throat> Apple Music. What are some other ones out there that uh, are popular? Yeah, I mean, Google Play Music is, is a big one. It's Android phone. And uh, we don't know the exact numbers, but there are millions of people who will get a free trial when their son when they get an Android phone, and then they'll just continue spending ten bucks a month. And and Google's done a really great job. They actually bought one of the most popular playlist uh, companies, uh, Songza. So a lot of people they would open Songza when they work out, and they'd listen to a workout playlist, you know, hip hop or or EDM or or, or rock, and they you know get really pumped up while they were running and. Google saw this, and they saw that millions of people were using Songza, and they snapped it up a couple of years ago, and they integrated it into Google Play Music. So that's become a really popular choice. Uh, there's also, um, you know, as you, as you mentioned, Apple Music. Uh, it's not just for iPhone. They actually have an Android version. And that came out uh, because they bought Beats, and Beats, uh, you know, they're, they're a company that was famous for headphones, and they still are to some extent. But in the U.S., they had Beats Music. And Apple really saw the writing on the wall. They saw that they needed a streaming music service in their portfolio, and they and they purchased it for three point two billion dollars, which at the time was their biggest uh, acquisition. And so we've uh, you know we've got those uh, we've got the Spotify, the Apple Music, Google Play. Uh, any other ones out there that we should be up to speed on? Yeah, and you, you may you may have heard of Tidal. Now, Tidal is this massive company now. Uh, it, it, 
became very famous because Jay-Z and his uh, celebrity, you know, uh, 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 friends, I guess, bought Tidal and, and now share the, uh, the ownership of it. Um, it's famous for having exclusives. So right now, the only way that you can get Beyonce's Lemonade is by signing up for Tidal. Uh, they've done a, a great job curating some other exclusives. But most of all, Tidal is just a really, uh, it, it's got a great interface. It's uh, got some, you know, benefits. Uh, you can spend 20 bucks a month as opposed to 10 bucks and get uh, what's called lossless streaming. So if you're a huge audiophile and you've got a pair of $600 headphones lying around, you know, you, you'll know if you're one of those guys. Um, you know, then you can sign up for Tidal and, and, and get this lossless streaming. Uh, but really, you know, the big players in the market are Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play Music, um, and you know there are some others. But you know, unless you unless you are willing to just listen to uh, a free version with ads, you know, those are those are the ones that you you want to go for. Daniel, uh, looks like we're out of time here. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can people find out more information about you? Well, I am on Twitter and uh, everywhere else. Um, with the username Journeyman, it's Journeyman with a D, and I'm uh, writing for Android Central and iMore. Thanks again for joining us, Daniel. Oh, thanks so much for having me. That was Daniel Bader, one of our tech experts. When we come back, App Camp for Girls. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. You've tuned in to Get Connected. I'm your host, Mike Agarbo, here with Andy Barrar, talking about the world of technology and the digital age a little while, we'll uh, go open line, take a few tech calls and questions, kind of your on-air tech supports, um, maybe talk a few more tech stories. What I want to talk about now, though, is uh, apps on the line. We've got uh, Brianna Sim. She is uh, here to talk about uh, App Camp for Girls. She's uh, one of the co-organizers and lead developers. Thanks uh, for joining us on the show, Brianna. Hi, thanks for having me. So I found this fascinating, and uh, we wanted to get you on the program uh, to talk about this. This is uh, actually, uh, I, I believe, a week-long camp where uh, uh, middle uh, school girls can actually learn how to create apps. Exactly, yeah. It's, a, it's actually a really fun camp. It starts the week of July 18th during the day, and it's for girls entering 8th and ninth grade uh, this fall. So just before they start selecting courses uh, for what may, they might want to take in uh, high school. And so why specifically uh, girls? Uh, well, uh, as we you know, may have seen in our tech classrooms and in the workforce, uh, it doesn't seem that uh, those areas really reflect the society that we live in. That seems to be a bit more 50-50 of females to males. Um, so some of the classrooms, you know, we might see one girl in there or, or in the workforce, a couple of does. So we've created this program to really change the gender balance in tech. Um, and to really get girls interested from an early age, choose some of those courses, get excited about taking, you know, computer science and engineering in, in school, and then hopefully continue that as a career. It kind of makes sense, Brianna, because when you think about it, girls are very active on their smartphones and in apps in particular. So they would have a lot of great ideas on what kind of future apps should be developed. And your camp basically gives them those skills to take that to the next level. Exactly. And, and what's really unique about it is we're actually focusing specifically on iOS or iPhone app development. And so every day they take home the app that they built, show it to their family and friends and say, look, I built this. And at the end of camp, they actually become published app developers. We uh, produce all their apps in a, in a quiz compendium that we release. 
and uh, you know sell it for ninety nine cents on the app store, and they could say, you know, I was I'm a published app developer. So I find this fascinating. The camp is one week long. It is one week long, and, exactly. And can they learn enough in one week to actually make an app? They can, and uh, how they do it is is we really want to spark interest. So really, it's about modeling. Um, modeling what it is to be a developer in in software and so uh, we have female mentors in the field field who actually work uh you know currently you know devs mobile apps software testers so they could see the range of what's possible um they do actually code their apps but instead of focusing on you know where does that semicolon go where does that uh comma go where does that curly brace go um, we actually use code banks, and so it's more about logic and, and the theory behind the apps and programming basics um, on the coding side. What's very cool, though, is we actually get them to brainstorm their apps, design their apps, color all the backgrounds, the icons, and then pitch their apps to a panel of women and investors and entrepreneurs in the field. All of that in one week. Uh, plus, we have a lot of fun. We do hula hooping, yoga. We go visit a, a local tech software company. Um, a lot gets packed in in a week. Yeah, again, I find this program uh, fascinating. Uh, from what I understand, it, it started back uh, in 2013 in Portland, Oregon. Uh, have you seen any success stories out of that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's still a bit young, right? The girls are still in, in high school and whatnot. But we have seen, um, you know... It, on the first day of camp, for instance, in Vancouver last year, I asked everybody to raise their hands. Who, whose parents made you come to this camp? Uh, and, and pretty much everybody said, you know, me. And uh, But actually, by the end of the camp, they were like, wow, I could see programming as a career. I could see designing apps as a career. Um, I really loved coding an app. I loved making the icons. And they had no idea. One girl actually met a friend. They both went to UBC's Engineering Day, and she had a great time. She said, I didn't realize engineering uh, had to do with apps. I thought it, it you know, and, and the science behind everything. She's like, I thought it meant uh, building bridges. So, yeah, we're changing changing perceptions, and, and it's awesome to see. Where can people find out more information about this and, and sign up? They can go to our website, App Camp for Girls, so the number four, Dot com and you could see uh, photos and videos about past camps, uh, the application to apply. In Vancouver, we actually have two spots still, so uh, be sure to sign up right away for that. Any camps for middle-aged white guys? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are. We'll yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Brianna, I want to thank you so much. Great, awesome. Thanks for your time. That was Brianna Sim, co-organizer and lead developer at uh, AppCamp for Girls with the number four. And you can get more information at appcampforgirls.com. I want to open up the phone lines. We're going to take any tech calls and questions right now. You can uh, get us at 604-280-9898. Again, 604-280-9898. And if you're phoning long distance, 1-877-399-9898. Back after this. You're online with Get Connected, Mike and Andy here. We're uh, going open line here on the Get Connected show, taking your tech calls and questions, 604-280-9898, 1-877-399-9898. Don't forget to hit our website, getconnectedmedia.com, giving away an Epson EcoTank 2550 Super Tank printer. These things are awesome. They have ink in them that goes forever. Yeah, I, I kind of wish I had this because... Um you know, like, there was that big argument, inkjet versus laser, laser yeah. versus inkjet? This really put inkjet right back into, like, the winner's seat because you get 
basically 20 ink cartridges equivalent with this EcoTank printer that can print up to 4,000 black and 6,500 color Out pages. of the box. This is like, you know those little papers that you buy in the, in the pack? Yeah. That's like 20 of those. That's Crazy, how much, right? That's how much you can basically I love print. It. I love it. And we're giving one away. Just go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com to enter and win for the Epson Expression 2550 EcoTank printer. We've got Ken on the line. How you doing, Ken? Good. How are you? Good. What can we do for you? A quick question. What's your take on OLED TV in regards to performance and like uh, longevity? Great question. Uh, love it. So OLED is, is the technology that came from LG, and it stands for Organic Light Emitting Diodes. It basically, like each one of those little pixels has its own little light. And the way to judge televisions to really know how good they are is to see how black they can get. Like in a dark room, if you had a completely dark room, that TV should be so black that you can't even see where it is. Some TVs that, are, that look like they're black, you could still kind of see the border around that television. So that's a good way of measuring how uh, televisions work. OLED as a technology is fantastic. The only thing right now about them, they're pretty expensive. But the price has been going down um, the last couple of years. They're also, LG is using uh, a software called WebOS that Palm originally created, that was sold to HP, that now LG acquired, and it has to be the best kind of interface on a television. For a smart TV. For a smart TV. It's one of the, it was almost like it was made for television, this OS, and uh, you combine that with the fact of the OLED technology, you can't go wrong. The only big stipulation right now is the price, but if you pay for it, you're going to be very, very happy with the results. Yeah, something to look for right now, you know, you probably hear a lot about 4K TVs, uh, not huge amounts of 4K content out there yeah. right now. Uh, it's depending on who your uh, cable company is. I don't even think Shaw has 4K content yet. No, I know Rogers Back East is now giving 4K streaming of the Blue Jays games. Yeah. Um, but you're right. The broadcasters still haven't really caught on. Netflix has, but not everyone else. Uh, something that you should be looking for, though, um, besides 4K, is something called HDR or high dynamic range. And yes. you're actually going to see more of a difference with your TV with that, with the programming that supports it, uh, than you'll probably see with 4K content, essentially. A lot of people are familiar with HDR from their smartphones because you can activate that when you're taking photos. That same technology is now moving into televisions, and it just makes it look so good. It's fantastic. you got to check one of them out. We, we get to see them um, at the Consumer Electronics Show, and some of the best TVs in the market are out there, and they look fantastic. If you get a chance, if you're in the market, uh, definitely go check out uh, one of the London Drugs uh, uh, TV departments there. Those, those guys in there are uh, awesome. They really know their stuff. Uh, know what they're talking about, and uh, you know, get them to show you, uh, you know, some content that is in HDR. It is simply amazing. Another good tip is get them to show you it without the TV, uh, the display settings on, because they actually have a store display setting in each of the televisions that make them really bright. Turn that off because you want to see what it's going to look like. <laughs> You're not going to have in, that on your house. In your house, yes. Going to jump here quickly to Maureen. Hey, Maureen. Yes. Hi. Hi. Um, I need to find out. Uh, they keep getting these messages reminding me I should change to Windows Seven. Windows Ten. I mean, from Windows Seven to Windows Ten. I'm sorry. Yep. Um, and I've heard awful stories about Windows Ten. So should I or shouldn't I or what? What exactly should I do? Because I believe that Seven is finishing at the end of July or something. Well, uh, what's happening is uh, Microsoft is offering Windows Ten as a free upgrade to Windows Seven uh, users, which 
that's the way the operating systems are going now. If you've got a Mac, for example, you get free upgrades every time they come out with a new operating system, as long as your machine can handle it. Uh, should you upgrade? You know, great question. I, I've upgraded, uh, I've got a few machines, because uh, I'm weird that way. Um, and I have upgraded to Windows 10 on some of them. No problem whatsoever. And it's faster. Uh, it's got some really nice features. I, I don't think you can go wrong. Uh, but, you know, if you're super happy on Windows 7, that's something to look at as well. I can give you a really good, compelling reason why you should upgrade. Because Microsoft has basically said, this is the last operating system. There's going to be no Windows 11, no Windows 12, Windows 10. And what they're going to do is just upgrade that operating system. So eventually in the future, you're going to end up using Windows 10. So you might as well do it while it's free. There's some speculations that they won't charge. They, they said they're going to charge for other people. But at the end of uh, July... We'll see. Um, but right now, I would definitely recommend it. And the, the migration, the whole upgrading process is seamless. It, it is so easy to do. Microsoft really got that right. So you're not going to get any hiccups during that migration to Windows 10. Yeah. Again, uh, Maureen, I haven't had any problems. It, it's probably a wise thing to do because, as you're saying, Andy, uh, from that point forward, any upgrades to it will be free, Yeah, which is kind of a, a nice Nice point. I know there's some people that don't like Windows 10. You're always going to have uh, those detractors. Um, but uh, from my experience so far, and you know, a lot of people that I've talked to, they've been pretty happy with it. Uh, they've got a performance boost out of it. And there's a lot of nice new features to it as well. There is, yeah. Even the um, their new browser is, is very fast, uh, Microsoft Edge. It works really fast, but I would still uh, recommend if you do go Windows 10, make sure you install the Chrome browser as well. It's nice to go between the two and see which one works for you. We are stake, uh, taking a few more calls, 604-280-9898, You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. Taking a few more calls here before the end of the hour, taking your tech questions, trying to answer them, 604-280-9898. It's just so hard now, Andy. Remember when I, I, I started this like probably 15 years ago? I used to listen to the show back then. I know. It was, it was tough then. But now technology is just infused in everything. You've got to be like an expert in everything. Well, back then it was just like printers and computers. Yeah. Now it's like tablets, My Windows 3.1 is not loading oh, properly. I, I remember that one. I remember that operating system. Oh, that was a... It was magical back then, but it was also a pain in the butt. Well, yeah, because we just moved from DOS to yeah. a, like a, an actual interface. Yeah. And I... Oh, it was... And then Windows 95 came out and my head exploded. Oh, that was Plug amazing. And play. Oh, that was amazing, right? Yeah. It had a little start menu. There was no DOS anymore. Yeah. That was that was truly magical. Yeah. We're going to jump here to uh, Tom Clark. Hey, Tom. Yeah, unlike what you just said, how do I block Windows <laughs> 10 from auto-loading on my computer? Because if you are away from your computer, I caught it yesterday, yeah. uh, giving me five minutes and you're getting Windows 10. I, and I usually leave my computer on during the day. I don't want Windows 10 because... <laughs> Friends and relatives have said it's a pain in the ass. Okay. Well, uh, you know, you've got a few different options. Uh, you know, one of them is uh, to go into the control panel and, uh, and uninstall the Get Windows uh, app, essentially, or program. But it's a little complicated. And, you know, Tom, what you'll want to do is actually Google this, uninstall Get Windows 10. Um, in the uninstall menu, it's actually a really cryptic name. They don't say 
get Windows 10 because obviously that would make it really easy to uninstall. Uh, it's basically an update called uh, KB3035583. I know you're not going to remember that, but um, if you do Google that, uh, it'll actually give you that uh, that name. And once you uninstall it, uh, it it won't keep trying to uh, apparently install Windows 10. But Andy, you have another solution. There, there's an easier way because uh, somebody out there, a security researcher named Steve Gibson, realized that a lot of people don't want to upgrade to Windows 10. It's kind of like that old adage, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So what he did is he created a free little software called Never 10, all one word, Never 10, and you download this, install that little software, and it will do what Mike just said for you. And it pretty much automates it. So you just got to install one little piece of software, never 10, and you'll never get those Windows 10 notifications <laughs> so again. I, I just get, uh, just Google never 10 and it'll, uh, it will turn up. It'll ask you to download a piece of software. You would download yeah. it, open it, run it, and then it will disable that for you so that you don't have those notifications anymore. What are you running right now, Tom? Windows 7? Yeah, and I love it. In fact, I went out of my way to buy a computer from London Drugs that was still offering Windows 7. Yeah. As soon as I heard about it, I ran down to the store and bought one. <laughs> a lot That's of people did funny. that. I remember that. I, you know, I, I've got both machines. I've got Windows 7 and Windows 10. Um, Windows 7 is still a fantastic, it, it is. stable operating it's, it's system. everything it Windows Vista should have been. Well, yeah, happened and, and way, way, way more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Tom. Good luck with that. Yep, thanks. Andy, one more time. Prize. It's awesome. We're giving a good one today. Uh, we're going to give away the Epson Expression 2550 EcoTank printer. This is a new printer where the ink is kind of sitting on the side. In, in, in tanks. In little tanks. And it never dries up. And you can print a lot. It replaces the equivalent of 20 ink cartridges. can print about 4,000 black and 6,500 color pages. It's almost like 20 packs of, of paper you can print. So you're if, not, you, if you've got a family... You got to get you got to get this thing, especially if you have a family like with school days, children oh, yeah. in either elementary, high school, or college. Yeah, you're going to want this because you can print black and whites and color and never have to worry. You about You got little kids it. that print, want to print color all the time. They can print color till the cows come home. That's right. Because you can print thousands of pages and you don't have to worry about getting new cartridges. When it runs out of ink, you can just go and get the ink bottles, and it's cheap it's compared like to dollars or something per bottle. Yeah. So and there's four of them, uh, which is it's still way cheaper than buying all the cartridges. Go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com, to enter and win the Epson Expression 2550 EcoTank printer. I want to thank all the folks that helped put the show together. Christina, our app, uh, app expert, is away, but we'll see her again next week. Andy Brar, my co-host and producer, all the guys back at the office, and, of course, Jamie Benteen on the controls, a.k.a. the profiler. <laughs> back again next week.